If you love listening to podcasts like I do, it may have crossed your mind at one time or another to start your own podcast. Well, if you are thinking about starting your own podcast, you have to consider Buzzsprout. I use Buzzsprout for this podcast as well as my previous podcast that I had. And Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. They also offer you a great looking podcast website, audio players that you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast. They give you lots of tools, resources, and so much more. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. And if you use Buzzsprout, you'll be joining over 100,000 podcasters who are already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Just follow the link in the show notes or my website at denisenixon.com. And that lets Buzzsprout know that you were sent by Pivot by Faith. And you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan and it helps support the show. So be sure to check out the show notes or my website at denisenixon.com to learn more about how you can start your own podcast with Buzzsprout. Today's Pivot by Faith podcast guest is Mr. Larry C. Morris. Larry is deeply committed to pouring value into as many people as he can by creating a culture that is conducive to kingdom building. Larry served our country with 22 years of military service in the United States Navy, and he has over 30 years of experience serving in the ministry. He's an ordained elder with the gift of teaching. Larry is a husband, father, and grandfather who brings a great deal of value to what he does. Please listen for today's episode of Pivot by Faith as we learn more about Larry's message. Welcome to the Pivot by Faith podcast, where people just like you and me share their empowering stories of how they had the courage to pivot to reach their potential and their goals. Who am I? I'm your host, Denise Nixon. I had to pivot too. Sometimes we all have to pivot to find that peace that surpasses all understanding. Thanks for tuning in. Here is today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pivot by Faith podcast. We have a guest today that is on fire with purpose, and you will see exactly what I'm talking about when you hear what he has to share. We have with us Mr. Larry C. Morris. Now, Larry is an elder. He is very humble and so comfortable with who he is. And you will see what I mean as he talks during this podcast. So I first just want to welcome Larry to the show. Hello, Larry. Hello, hello, hello. I'm I'm so elated uh, to be able to be on uh, this podcast. And I'm just so grateful that I was asked to be here. And, and thank you very much, very much for uh, this opportunity. I tell you, the honor is all ours, everyone who is listening, uh, that you were able to come and spare some time to share your knowledge and your expertise with us. Larry, I know that you have a lot of endeavors that I know you'll talk about in just a moment, but one of the things that I saw that caught my eye on your Facebook page is 
the quote, I love the activity of prayer as a relationship builder with God. And that just spoke volumes to me as I was looking at your Facebook page. But if you would share with everyone who you are, what you do, and we'll get into your pivot very shortly, but share what you want us to know about you. Yes, greatly. I am a little guy who was born in Coatesville, Pennsylvania, and lived on 412 and 416 Glendale Avenue, Coatesville, Pennsylvania. And one of the greatest things, you know, was me and my brother and my mother and grandmother, great-grandmother. One of the things that really struck us, you know, as we got older, is no one ever told us what we could do. No one ever told us what we couldn't do. So we were kind of like caught in the middle. And so we just enjoyed life, lived life, both of us, you know, entered into the military. He's younger than me, so I left and went to the military in 1974 and spent 22 years in the Navy. And he went in the Army uh, two years after me. And he, matter of fact, he retired with 22 years in the Army. So, you know, moving through Coachville, Pennsylvania, is a small town right outside, 45 minutes outside of Philadelphia. And I tell you, you know, I'll fight any day for the Eagles and a cheesesteak, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Eagles and a cheesesteak, you know, and, and, and uh, being in the military, uh, I've learned a lot, you know, I've been around the world in the military, in the Navy, ships to shore and, you know, all over. So it's been a very, very, you know, good, good life. You know, I'm married, I've got four grown children and, and, six, uh, eight grandchildren. And I'm just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still young, still very young. So I'm enjoying life. And that is key to enjoy life. So many of us uh, go through the motions sometimes and we forget that we're here to enjoy life. We're, we're here to live abundantly. So that's powerful yes, what you have yes. shared. And by the way, thank you for your service as well. I heard you say, um, you talked about your military experience. How do you connect your military experience to what you do now? My military experience gave me a lot of leadership experience, leadership from the ground up. Um, working and, and doing all of this, I was able to adapt to anywhere and anything. You know, in the Navy, is different because you have to know how to do a whole lot of different things that normally in other military ranks you, you don't do. If you're, you're, you have one job in the Navy, but you got to know everything about that job, you know. Um, so I learned how to adapt to different circumstances, different situations. Uh, I learned how to cultivate, you know, character and integrity and actually really putting the work in. And learning that, uh, you know, especially when I got saved uh, uh, at 30 years old in the military, you know, it, it began to really bring a whole lot of things together, especially work, work, you know, as, as a Christian, a lot of us don't know how to do how to work. A lot of us don't know how to work naturally and let alone spiritually. That's why a lot of things are broken today is because we do not know how to put the work in. We haven't been taught that, you know, how to basically work in the military, you know, is you work 24 seven, 
you know, and, and you learn that. That's what you have to do. That's what you're there for is to, is to work. So, you know, I've learned how to work in the military. And then when I got saved, I learned the, 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 I guess you would say the cohesiveness of work and working the things that God has set for you, you know, putting all that together makes, makes a very strong uh, Christian as, as, as you work towards reading and studying the word, uh, you have to put some work in. There's some application. You want to be blessed. You know, everybody wants to be blessed, but a lot of people don't realize that your blessing hinges on your obedience, your application of the will of God. Wow. So you have connected all of your life's experiences and have been able to channel them into what you do. And it has just propelled you to be able to reach more and teach more is what it sounds like. Yes. Yes. So you've already had several careers, perhaps <laughs> going at the same time, actually. Uh, you know, you mentioned your father, your grandfather, your husband, and I'm going to tell on you, um, Larry, I saw that you, of course, you're an author, you're an entrepreneur, you're a radio show host, a Facebook live show host. And I know I'm leaving Oh, and a teacher, an yes. elder, you've got a lot of things going on. So share with us, how do you feel like you've had to pivot in your life to do what God has called you to do? Well, in, in order to do what I had to do, there's a lot of things that I had to change according to the truth. You know, the more truth you learn about Jesus Christ, the, the more it's, it's like you have to learn. I had to relearn as well as unlearn. And the things that I had to unlearn, I had to ask God to help me to destroy. Because the things, you know, the more truth you learn by studying and working the word, the things that you used to do, you, you realize that, oh, I can no longer do those things. And I'm talking about even the things in church. The more truth you know, the more some of the things you have to let go. Because you realize that a lot of this stuff has nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So, you know, I had to really learn some things. And learning it was one of the greatest things about the power of prayer. You know, I had to learn I worked at, at, when I left the military, I worked at CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network, as, and I ended up at the, at the prayer counseling center. And as, as, as an elder, as, I just thought I knew how to pray. I just know I knew how to pray. But the process of praying on the phone with people you didn't know with their issues led me to understand that I need to, to study the word. I need to pray according to the power of the Holy Spirit and not my thought process. So that's something I had to learn. And then not only in learning that, and a few couple of years, I began to be the supervisor of it and really having to deal with some great things and understanding the power of prayer in my church, you know, uh, uh, establishing a, a, a strong uh, prayer ministry. Uh, but the prayer ministry was a teaching ministry. Because you realize that some people don't know how to pray and don't know what to pray. So there's a lot of teaching that has to go on so that your prayers can be effective according to the word of God. Wow. So would you say that your pivot came in when you were, as you mentioned, unlearning some things that may have been tradition or 
or circumstance that that may have been happening, not out of disrespect, but maybe out of just tradition. What kinds of things did you have to find yourself unlearning to pivot? Well, a, a lot of things we use, a lot of things we say in church in Christian dome. You know, it's like, wow, that has nothing to do with Jesus. But, you know, it was just a lot of things, especially about praying, you know, and people got to pray out loud and pray all of this stuff. You really don't have to do that. You know, um, I teach Matthew 6, 6, you know, and one of the greatest things about Matthew 6, 6, Jesus teaches us what he's already done. You know, we have to understand when Jesus tell us, tells us to do something in the word, we have to understand that he's already done it and glorified God in it. So what he's telling us to do is have a relationship with the Father to get into that closet and spend time, not talking, but spend time listening. Prayer is a relationship builder where you can spend time in the presence of an awesome and sovereign God. And this is every believer. Every believer has that right through the blood of Jesus Christ that we go to God and spend time listening. Because people say, well, I've never heard an audible voice. Well, you probably won't. The word in prayer is spiritual. God speaks through his word, through his spirit. So the more you study, the more you hear from God in your spirit. And then it's up to you to apply it. So it sounds like the experiences that you've had in regard to unlearning some things and learning new things had contributed to your pivot. So what would you say the point was in your life that you felt like it was time to change? Um, a lot of, a, a lot of things were just happening. You know, I, I was just, just uneasy about a lot of things that was happening, especially in the world, especially in the world. And then, you know, you go to God and say, well, God, what is going on? What is happening? And, you know, just having to change what I was doing so that I could listen. And one of the things I had to change was how I viewed the power of the Holy Spirit, how I viewed the spirit of the living God. Instead of dealing with the book of Acts, I started dealing with John 14, 15, and 16. What did Jesus say about the power of the Holy Spirit? What was the Holy Spirit here to do? And when I got to that point, then it was easy for me to lose sight of myself and then to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit always uh, uh, taught me more and more about Jesus as I studied the Word of God. Wow. So it sounds like you were growing in your faith through the word. You, you had that source. You had that that sure source that you knew you could stand upon. You didn't rely on your own understanding. You relied on the word. Yes, yes, yes. And this started this started at 30 years old, 30. Now I grew up in the church. My mother, oh, my mother had us in church every day, every Sunday, twice on Sunday <laughs> to my you know, bringing back all these memories, I never knew Jesus Christ really existed. I never knew until I was 30 years old. Going to church, it was like, oh, 
Jesus Christ. So I had to learn, you know, at 30, and here I am, 65, and I mean, I am still learning. I am still learning about Jesus Christ. And so that, jumping forward just a little, you've written a book about a year ago, Rejoicing in My Salvation. How does that reflect your faith walk? Oh, it reflects it because somebody asked a question and I had to go to God. They asked the question, how could believers back in those days own slaves? And it just got to me and I had to say, well, God, what is it? And so as I was studying the word, he took me back to salvation and discipleship. And putting it all together, the book says, Rejoicing in My Salvation, Unrolling the Bundle. Now, as I began to study this, I'm on a couple prayer teams. And, and on Saturdays and Monday through Friday. And people started talking about certain things. And I started gravitating to it. And so I'd go back and study, study the word, you know, and ask God, okay. But the point is, is that when a person gets saved, there needs to be people who teaches them about Jesus, not cult church culture, not culture, not anything like that. But they need to know about Jesus. They need to know about Jesus Christ as Savior, as Lord, as Reconciler, as Redeemer. Because what's happening is Jesus Christ delivers us from that original sin of Adam and Eve. The more you learn about Jesus, you realize that the sins that you have committed are sins. And no one tells you that you have sinned and were sinning because you were, you was a sinner and now you are saved by grace. Now you have to acknowledge your sins and know more about Jesus so that you can confess your sins and be forgiven of those sins if you're taught that but if you're not taught that you carry over the same sins from salvation mm -hmm. and they become worse this is why i wrote this book and this book is it, it's, a, it's a workbook it goes over a lot of things that jesus has done for us almost about ah uh, about almost 30 things and there's more but they're scripturally based, and we need to understand your salvation is eternal. It is eternal. It is deep. It is spiritual. It is personal. And you have to learn more of the personal works of Jesus Christ for yourself. You have to know it for yourself. That's why I wrote this book, so that believers, people can read it. It's, it's, it's written at a sixth grade level to a, a person from sixth grade to 99 can read it understand it, work it, and know more about Jesus Christ so that they can understand the power of being forgiven and confess your sins to God and come out of that sinful state. Wow. And I would imagine that one of the things that a workbook does would be to cause the reader to do a lot of introspection and engagement. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, mm -hmm. I, 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 I look at this you know, believers, when a person comes to Jesus Christ, they're in full-time ministry. And what does that mean? That means as soon as they come to Jesus, 
They've got to work out their salvation with fear and trembling. They have to be taught how to work. You have to work the word. You have to work out your salvation. Everything requires work. But you don't know what you have to work unless you know what you have. And see, if you're not taught that in church, which a lot of people have never been, they've not been taught this. They get saved. You know, you, you get to a corner. Somebody writes some things down for you. You get a, you get a, a letter. You may get a letter. And then you, you, you will definitely get a tithing envelope. But you get nothing about Jesus Christ. Nothing whatsoever. So what happens is a lot of people who get saved, they get saved and then they end up going right back because they don't learn about their Savior. They don't learn, but they get ridiculed for their sins. So we, we've got to change this. And I thank God for a church in Coachville, you know, who took this book. They took it and they actually taught it as discipleship Bible study. They did it, and um, I was I was greatly uh, uh, it was it was nice, you know. They bundled a lot of it together and taught it, and then they put it on a YouTube, you know, because it was live. And then they sent me the YouTube uh, process, you know. So it, it, it was good under uh, Pastor Hunt, Kevin Hunt, and the Trinity United Bible Church in Coatesville. They did it. And then also, you know, I teach out of it, Pakistan, India, Africa. I do it on, you know, through those things. I teach yeah. out of my book. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted you to share with us. Tell us about your ministry across nations. You know, I, 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 I started this. It was well before, but last August, uh, doing Facebook Live and my radio show. Uh, Fishbowl Radio Network, I talked about prayer, but in doing so, it went live on Facebook, and evidently they started seeing it overseas, and they, they, they you know, we became friends, and I, I was able to teach, and then uh, really it began to grow. I really thought this book would take off in, in, in America, especially about salvation, but, but, you know, I understand it didn't, but what happened was they enjoyed the teaching of Jesus Christ in other countries. So I just kept doing it and doing it and doing it until it, it began to be very large, very large. And so in all actuality, I was in Pakistan a month and a half ago, two months ago, you know, for 14 days. And, and I taught out of my book. You know, I have it in a PDF, so I had a notebook, and I was able to teach, you know, and, and have the, the, the interpreters, and it, it was awesome to see people understand and begin to know about Jesus. And not only did I teach them about Jesus, I also told, told them about putting the work in, about actually working the word. Everybody needs to know about Jesus Christ. Every believer needs to know about their Savior. And the fact that you had the boldness to not only step outside of your city and your state, but to realize that your book had influence in other parts of the world that you may not have even imagined that it would, that just speaks to the power of the word and how far reaching 
it can go and it will go. Yes, um, because the first time I was I was out of the country, I retired and um, they had bombed the embassy in Nairobi. It was back in 99 and I was with another group and we went over there and, and, and the Spirit of the Lord mentioned to me, he said, you need to learn the heartbeat of people, the heartbeat. So my prayer was for the heartbeat and that was in 99, you know, and I've been different places. But this time was different. This time when I went to Pakistan, I really had to call on, again, my military career, being able to adapt, to adapt. I'm going into a, what they call a third world country, a Muslim country, and having to really submit to what goes on over there in order to teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in that, being able to adapt, you know, it was such a joy to be with a group of people in Shantay Nagar, you know, just be there, being able to eat what they eat, sleep outside, you know, worship outside, do whatever's necessary, but to see the love of that they have for Jesus Christ learning, you know, I, I, I was just amazed and it really uh, kind of broke my heart to, to, to have it opened up and see people who don't have what we have, but whatever they have, they glorify God with it. They have to live with it. They enjoy Jesus, but yet they're, they're, they're poor, but yet they're rich in Jesus. So what I had to do is try to teach them how to really have faith and rely on Jesus Christ. And, you know, just to see the children, you know, to see them know Jesus and understand Jesus and the orphanages and all the stuff that goes on, you know, we, we over here, sometimes we're so, so adamant about not having stuff and, and wanting more stuff, but yet going to another country is realizing, you know, they don't even have a quarter of what we have and, and, you know, they have to fight. There's warfare over there. You know, it's hard. It's rough. But when it comes to Jesus, they can rejoice knowing that he's real in their hearts. And I was I, I, I was amazed and uh, uh, have some very good friendships there. That is so powerful. You immersed yourself into the surroundings, into the environment so that you could teach with them yes. and learn with them. Because it sounds like you <laughs> learned from them as much as yes, they learned yes. from you. I was uh, listening to, as I was leaving, one of the elders stood up and he spoke and the translator said, you know, he's, he called me a simple man. And I was like, what does that mean? He says, the simple means you dressed simply. You didn't ask to go to a hotel. You didn't ask for certain foods, but you ate what we ate. You slept with where we slept. You played with our children. You enjoyed and you taught us Jesus Christ. And I was like, wow. You know, it, it was amazing. But yet the love of Jesus Christ was there, was there. The body of Christ was loving Jesus the entire time. Wow. I'm hearing a theme of sacrifice there, mm. you know, giving things up, you know, things of, of self-comfort and 
and being comfortable stepping outside of that comfort zone in order to meet the needs of others. That is so powerful. And now, Larry, as you reflect upon all the, the many, many experiences and areas of wisdom that you have gained throughout your experiences in life, when you look back on, say, a maybe a 21-year-old self or, or, or whatever age you would pick out, what advice would you give to that Larry that you wish you knew before you took that pivot? to that I guess sort of a spiritual pivot that you took. What would you have liked to tell that version of Larry? I think the main thing is be around people who are better than you. See what they have done. See what they're doing and kind of like walk with them. Submit yourself to them. Because as growing up I didn't see a lot of people, you know, who were better than me. But when I got in the military, a lot of things changed, you know, and and I had to change with it. But then I had to really look and say, well, who's doing better? Who find out who's doing better and always ask questions, always, you know, and when when I was young, uh, you know, it was always do what I say. Well, why? Because I said so. But the thing of it is, you know, I wish there was a point where I could ask questions, not being facetious, but, but wanting to know why I had to do this. Why? Because what I've realized is when you teach somebody, just like if you teach them, you know, everybody wants to know how to pray, but teach them why. If you teach a person why they do something, once they catch on, they will begin to do it better. So always be able to ask questions. And then ask questions to people who are willing to give you an answer. That's what I wish I would have known I could do. That is advice that we can all take even now to continue to ask questions and to continue to have that learning spirit so that we can grow spiritually. Yes. That's wonderful. And for those of you who have been wondering ever since we started talking about Larry's book, Rejoicing in My Salvation, all of this information will be in the show notes and a link to my website, denisenixon.com, will have all of this information for you. So if you're scrambling looking for the book, no worries. We will make sure that you will have access to it and uh, we'll make sure that all of uh, Larry's Social media links will also be there as well so that you can follow him and catch him on Facebook Live as he does his teachings across the world. That That is impactful across the world. Yes. So that is phenomenal. Your, your ministry is so powerful. And I believe that we all have been blessed today during this episode to have heard what you're doing and how you are spreading the word of your ministry. So Larry, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time yes. out to share what you're doing. And uh, was there any other entrepreneurial venture that you're working on now that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yes. Yes. A lot of people know me for teaching about prayer, mm-hmm. but I'm also an expert on leadership. Oh, excellent. I am a uh, producer. I'm producing my own show called Leading with Power. You know, where I teach biblical leadership principles to use on your everyday life 
but what I do, which others don't do, it's not necessarily talking about God, but I also use the models that Jesus Christ has set us. Mm -hmm. And the strength of it is be able to pray, serve, and lead. So that will be on Zondra TV Network. Um, we have a set date possibly in September, September the 8th, to launch this TV show. Um, it's going to be powerful. It's going to teach people from the ground up the power to lead, but also the power to come out of a toxic, unhealthy environment and learn how to be healed wow. and healthy. So those, those are the perspectives that I'm going to teach because a lot of places today, today, wherever you go, there are some unhealthy environments, but people don't know how to get out of them. And it's all due to toxic, unhealthy leadership, leadership. And that comes from three places, the home, the church, and the businesses. Excellent. So it sounds like you have taken on yet another magnificent venture. And I believe I saw a link to the, I believe you called it the Zondria Network. Yeah, Zondra, Z-O-N-D-R-A TV Network. Okay, I, yes. I saw that. I saw that on your Facebook page, and I'll make sure to get that website from you as well, so that the listeners can be sure to follow you on that. Yes, yes, ma'am. Excellent. Well, this has been powerful, mm. and I know that you have motivated those who've been listening, uh, wondering how they can expand their ministry, how they can step out and step up to what God has called them to do. So hearing what you have shared will definitely motivate them. I know you've got one person motivated at least, and that's me. So I, I just want to thank you for all that yes. you've done today, all that you've done through your career. We're in deep appreciation for your military service. I want to thank you for your service and the sacrifice that you and so many others uh, have made for us. So I thank you for that. And I thank you for all that you're doing and continuing to do for the kingdom. All right. Thank you. Amen. Blessings to everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in today for our featured guest presentation from Mr. Larry Morris. We want to thank Mr. Morris for his time and his generosity in sharing his story today. Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast provider so that you do not miss an episode of the Pivot by Faith podcast. Also, visit my website again at denisenixon.com to sign up to receive notifications of when the podcasts are going to air. I hope that you have a phenomenally productive day and don't forget to tune in for our next episode of Pivot by Faith. Thanks a lot for listening and take care.